So good morning, my name's Don Blair. I'm one of the elders here at Northfield, and I have the privilege this morning of uh, sharing the word together with you. Um, while I make a few introductory remarks, uh, go ahead and open your Bibles or your phone to uh, Matthew chapter 7. Um, we won't have that on the screen, so I would encourage you to go ahead and open up. should be page 812 in your pew Bible. So seven weeks ago, Bill Teeter asked us this question. Where are your decisions and actions taking you? And he talked about two gates and two paths from Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Will we choose the narrow gate and the narrow path which leads to life? Or will we choose the wide gate and the broad path which leads to to destruction? How will we choose? And then the following week, Matt talked about two ways that we can walk, or in other words, two ways we can live our lives. According to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26, we can choose to walk according to the flesh with its works or according to the spirit with its fruit. And again, the question is, which way will we choose? So let's look at Matthew chapter 7, and we'll start with verse 24. Matthew seven twenty-four. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So we read through verse 27. So in these two verses, or these verses, we have this same idea of two choices. Will I choose to build my house, that is to live my life wisely, or will I choose to live it foolishly? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word, and we're thankful that we have time to see what you would have to say to us this morning. We pray that you would Show us yourself, that you would show us ourselves, and that you would show us our Savior. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I'm going to continue this same general theme of where are our decisions and actions taking us, and we'll consider the two qualities of foolishness and wisdom So for you men who were in our men's Bible study this past fall on Proverbs, this will be review, Uh, but I don't apologize for that because review is always good. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about a number of different important topics, and two of those are foolishness 
and wisdom. So some words of explanation before we dig in. One, it seems to me that the word fool is not one that we hear a lot these days. Perhaps that's because it may have a bit of a more negative connotation than we like to think about. For example, if I say to you, you did not make a wise choice, that maybe sounds a little bit better than if I were to say, you are a fool. Or to say, that was a mistake, may sound a little better than if I were to say, well, that was a foolish thing to do. But the Bible uses the word fool quite often. And so that's the word that we are going to use this morning. Secondly, please recognize, and this is important, we are not always fools, nor are we always wise. Each one of us acts foolishly at times. Each one of us acts wisely at other times. May the Lord grant that as we progress in our sanctification, that we will more and more act wisely and less often foolishly. And finally, I want to acknowledge that anyone who teaches on how to prepare good sermons would probably throw this one out. Because while I do have two main points, and that's good, I have several sub-points, which is too many, and I'm going to be throwing a lot of scripture references at you this morning, which is way too many, and way too many for you to remember. But I'll redeem myself a little bit. Um, if you're really interested in learning more about this topic, it's very simple. All you have to do is go home, open up your Bible program or your Strong's Concordance, look up the words fool, foolish, wise, and wisdom, and then of all the verses that come up, pick, those, pick the verses out of the book of Proverbs. And I can um, assure you that reading and meditating on those verses will fill up several days of your personal devotional time and may make you a wiser person. Okay, so the outline for this morning... We'll look at some characteristics of a fool. A fool is careless in his words. A fool rejects help. And a fool trusts in his own heart. And some characteristics of a wise man. A wise man is careful in his words. A wise man accepts help. And a wise man seeks to understand. Obviously, these lists are not at all exhaustive, but I think that we'll find them instructive and applicable. So what are some characteristics of a fool? A fool is careless in his words. And we shouldn't really be surprised that Proverbs has a lot to say about our speech. Because in the third chapter of James, after using the illustrations of how a small bit can control a large horse and how a small rudder can control a large ship, James has this to say about the tongue in verses 5 and 6. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire 
by hell. Let me repeat that last sentence in case you missed it. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the course of life, and set on fire by hell. What we say is powerful, and it can be devastating. We can, however, choose our words wisely, and they can be powerful for good. The fool, however, does not realize that. So let's look at some specifics about speech. The words of a fool are slanderous. Proverbs 10:18. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Slander is defined as making false statements that damage a person's reputation. And damaging a person's reputation is a serious wrong. And the Bible says when we do that, we are fools. The words of a fool can ruin him. Proverbs 18, 6 and 7. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The one whose talk creates strife or fighting between others or between himself and others is a fool, and the mouth of the fool will be his ruin. The words of a fool are quarrelsome. Chapter 20, verse 3, tells us that it is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. The words of a fool are crooked or perverse. Proverbs 19.1, better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. That word crooked can also be translated perverse. And perverseness is a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unacceptable or unreasonable. Perverse speech, then, might be talking in such a way as to get our own way or to put forth our own agenda or to make ourselves look good by putting someone else down, even when what we hope to gain is unreasonable and is not in the best interest of anyone else. Integrity is better than being good with words when those words are used purely for our own gain and not for the good of others. The words of a fool are foolishness. Proverbs 15:2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Folly is foolishness or a lack of good sense. So when we call wrong right by denying biology, by denying the obvious differences between male 
and female. By denying God's clear plan for marriage and procreation, we are lacking good sense. And the Bible says we're fools. Secondly, a fool rejects help. Now, I realize that having said that, some of you women are immediately thinking that all men are fools. (laughs) Because we men, stereotypically, don't want to ask for instruction or direction. I don't need that instruction manual. It's obvious how this thing goes together. Or why waste time stopping to ask directions? I know it's just a little farther on down this street. And we know that any stereotype is an overgeneralization. But men, take heed and listen to what the Bible calls us when we do shun help or instruction. It calls us fools. Again, let's look at some specifics. A fool rejects wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 23.9, do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. A fool rejects knowledge. Proverbs 1.22, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Do we think we've arrived and already know all we need to know about a certain thing? If so, the Bible says we're fools. How many times have we said something like this? I already know that. And I'm not interested in hearing anything more about it. Those are foolish words. A fool rejects discipline and rebuke. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Proverbs 17.10 A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. So those two verses are basically saying that to be told when we have been wrong is a good thing. And it should be heeded so that we don't do the same thing again. That is wise. The man or woman who refuses to listen to any criticism is a fool. Refusing to accept criticism displays arrogance and pride. It's an attitude that I know I'm right and you're not going to tell me otherwise. That provides then a transition into our third characteristic of a fool, which is that a fool trusts in his own heart. A fool says there is no God. Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 are nearly identical. And they both begin 
with this in verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. If a person believes there is no God, then he has to trust in something else because we all trust in something. And that something is most often our own heart. A fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Thinking back to our second point, if I'm convinced that my way is the right way, then I'm not going to listen to advice or counsel. And the Bible calls me a fool. Perhaps you're reminded, as I was, of the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Throughout the 400 or so years covered by that book, the Israelites repeatedly turned away from the Lord. And you may remember the repeated phrase that was used to describe those times. They were times when every man did what was right in his own eyes. And every time, the result of that was not good. What about today? In our nation, we love our freedom. But freedom has responsibilities. True freedom is doing what we ought to do not necessarily what we want to do, especially if it's against God's word or if it's harmful to ourselves or to others. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the churches in Galatia. For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. When we use our freedom to serve our flesh, then we will decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong. Each one of us will be doing what is right in his own eyes. And that is foolish. And God will deal with that. A fool does not want to understand. Proverbs 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. If I'm convinced that my opinion is the only right one, then I am not interested in trying to understand anyone else's opinion. A fool surrenders himself to evil. Proverbs 18.26 Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. When we trust our own mind or heart, we surrender ourselves to the ways of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And to do that is foolish. Okay, So, enough of this foolishness. Um, Let's move on to the characteristics of a wise man. 
A wise man is careful in his words. As we said earlier, we need to continually be reminded of the power of the tongue. In contrast to a fool who can ruin his own life and injure the lives of others, the wise man with his words can build up and encourage and inspire and help change the lives of others and his own life as well. The words of a wise man bring healing. Proverbs 12:18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. <clears throat> the words of the wise man show grace and mercy and can bring healing to a wounded soul. When a child or a teen has made a poor choice and is, is enduring some consequences, the wise parent does not need to rehearse the incident and verbally reprimand the young person who probably feels bad enough already. Rather, the wise parent will come alongside with words of help, encouragement, and instruction. The same is true of a friendship. The wise friend will speak words of mercy and grace and encouragement to his friend who is struggling with consequences of his own making. The words of a wise man are few. <clears throat> Proverbs ten nineteen: When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Now some of the words in the sentence structure in that verse may not be quite clear, but what it's saying is that the man or the woman who talks a lot is likely to eventually get into trouble because of what he or she says. The wise man restrains his lips and does not say more than is necessary. And sometimes, even silence is best. For example, Proverbs 17.28 says that even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So are you a person of many words? You know, one of the obvious ways that we're different from one another is that some of us like to talk a lot. Some of us are quieter. So if you're in the former category, just remember, words are powerful. And that having a lot to say can be risky. We have to learn to engage our brain before we engage our mouth. The words of a wise man impart knowledge. Proverbs 15.2 the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The Amplified Bible puts it like this, the tongue of the wise speaks knowledge that is pleasing and acceptable, but the babbling mouth of fools spouts folly. <clears throat> so as we are engaging our brains, ask this question, 
Is what I'm about to say imparting some helpful knowledge? Or will I just be spewing out words? The words of a wise man can be persuasive. We noted earlier that one characteristic of a fool is that he thinks his way is right. And one of his desires is to persuade everyone else to his way of thinking. There are, however, times when we are indeed right and another is wrong. And the loving thing to do is to try to provide correction and instruction. And so Proverbs 16.21 tells us this, the wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. And that's reiterated again in verse 23. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. When correction and instruction are needed, the wise man with wise words can be persuasive. Secondly, the wise man accepts and even welcomes help. The wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 12, 15. We considered that earlier because the first line describes a fool, but now we'll focus on the second line, which says, but a wise man listens to advice. We men especially, again, need to consider this characteristic of wisdom. We need to learn to set aside our tendencies to be proud and to think we know it all, and learn to listen to the advice and counsel of others. Because contrary to what we think, that does not show weakness or incompetence. It shows wisdom. Proverbs 13.10, By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. The wise man listens to rebuke. The characteristics of wisdom include not only listening to counsel or advice, but also being able to accept rebuke or reproof. In other words, can we listen to someone criticize us and tell us we were wrong and accept it lovingly and learn from it? rather than becoming defensive or angry. The wise man will respond by accepting criticism. Proverbs 9.8, Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Proverbs 10.17, Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. And Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. So another way to say that is that he who loves reproof is wise. And thirdly, the wise man seeks to understand. 
<clears throat> to understand means to have a clear or complete idea of something. It's to know why things happen in a certain way rather than just observing or memorizing that they do. For example, having some understanding of how an internal combustion engine works might help you figure out why your lawnmower won't start and perhaps enable you to do something about it yourself. If your spouse gets angry with you or is in a bad mood, trying to understand what he or she is going through or where he or she is coming from can help you to better respond in a loving and helpful way. Along that same line, that's true of any relationship. When things are not going well, trying to understand can go a long way toward helping to resolve the problems. The wise man understands his way. Or we might put it this way, the wise man understands life. Proverbs 14.8, the wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Some examples, the wise man understands that one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The wise man understands that the admonition to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die is a lie of the devil. The wise man understands that we do not live just for ourselves, but that we live for the glory of God and for the good of others. And we could go on and on with a long list of some of these important life principles that are understood by the wise. But the summary is that the wise man understands the ways of joyful, satisfying, God-ordained life. He understands that God is God and he is not. Proverbs 14.33a, wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding. Proverbs 17.44, the discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So a fool is careless in his ways. A fool rejects help. A fool trusts in his own heart. A wise man is careful in his words. A wise man accepts help. A wise man seeks to understand. So two ways to act in any situation, wisely or foolishly. How will you decide? And finally, we don't want to overlook the most important thing in any of our lives in which we can choose wisely or foolishly. And that is, what will we do with Jesus? The wise man, by faith, <clears throat> will build his house upon the rock of recognizing his sin and his need for the atoning sacrifice 
of Jesus Christ. The foolish man will build his house upon the shifting sand of the rejection of Christ. How will you decide? Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful that even though you are sovereign, that you have given us the ability to choose. And Lord, we're faced with a lot of choices in our lives. That's why we're thankful for your word that is a guiding light and can help us to choose wisely. And so, Lord, we pray that through the ministering of your Holy Spirit in each one of our lives, that we will remember your word and that we will remember to choose wisely when we have that choice. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.